Potter. You've read Lord of the Rings, but think about the amazing book series you haven't even heard of. In this podcast, we'll be reading and reviewing some hidden treasures in the literacy world you may have missed. This season on Diving Deep into Literacy, we'll be diving into the depths of the Magisterium, a series about magic, new adventures, and friendships that last a lifetime. Hey, it's Hudson and Abby, and we are both back with another episode of Diving Deep into Literacy. (laughs) We have been working really hard on this episode, so we hope you enjoy it. Today, we're going to be reviewing chapters 11 to 15 of the Magisterium, book one, The Iron Trial. I can't believe that we're already this far into the book. I know, like there's legit only two more episodes left and then book one is done. That's crazy to think about. It's a weird thought. Anyway, we are going to rush into the book summary today, so... Wait, why do you want to rush into it? Don't you love our hilarious banter at the beginning of every episode? What? No. Sure, yeah, break the tradition, of course. What tradition? We do it at the beginning of every episode. Okay, Hudson, will you pull yourself together? I will start the story summary. Chapter 11 starts off in Cal's bedroom. And Cal cannot sleep because he wants to talk to his father. So he decides to head over to Master Rufus's office, where he can call his dad on a tornado phone. In the office, Cal meets a suspicious-looking fire elemental in a cage. He walks over to the tornado phone on the desk. He calls his father, and Alistair keeps telling Cal, You don't know what you are. Which creeps Cal out quite a bit. Until he finds a letter addressed to Master Rufus from Alistair. Cal opens the letter and finds that Alistair wants Rufus to bind Cal's magic. He's interrupted by the lizard, who accuses Cal of stealing the letter, which he did, and decides to steal the lizard, too. Because that's smart. But he eventually finds himself lost in the caverns of the Magisterium. He agrees to let the lizard out of the cage if he helps Cal find his way back to his room. Cal decides to name the lizard, but fails a bunch of times. Including some ridiculous names like Stonehead, Fireback, and even Fishface, but eventually settles on the name of one of his dad's friends, Warren. Warren. So Warren decides to lead Cal to the library to eavesdrop on Jasper and Celia. Then he leads Cal to a meeting with the Masters, where they're discussing the fact that the Chaos Ridden are getting more and more dangerous, and it freaks Cal out a lot. Then, Warren finally leads Cal home. The next lessons Cal receives are some of the best ones yet. Over the next few days, he learns how to kindle fire in his hand, make waves in the cave pool, and call animals over. They even begin to learn how to levitate, which Cal was extremely excited about. The very same day, Master Rufus tells the three friends that it's time to start learning how to navigate the caves of the Magisterium on their own. Everyone has to stick together and find a place called the Butterfly Pool and bring back a ball of water. When they eventually find it and start heading back, the map explodes in Aaron's hands. Everyone gets in a fight because they forgot to light up the stones on their way to find their path back. They're exploring around when they meet Warren again. He leads the trio over to a creepy cave where a devoured comes in and gives them a very ominous prophecy. One of you will fail, one of you will die, and one of you is already dead. That night, Cal is woken suddenly by the Masters, with the news that Drew had run away from the Magisterium. All of his students go looking for Drew, but Cal is the one to find him. He is trapped under a rock with a broken ankle. Cal draws on the earth to heal Drew, and he gets up and rejoins the group. When Cal and Drew get back to the group, everyone seems tense because the Chaos Ridden are here. 
and they want to destroy everything. Well, that's a little creepy. Yeah, and I feel like these story summaries keep getting longer and longer. Yeah, they definitely do. But now it is time for you to answer my questions. Okay, then. Okay, so the first question is, do you think Warren is bad or good, or what do you think his intentions are? (laughs) I think he's bad. Why? Well, because he led them he led them to the devoured. You know, the one that gave them the creepy prophecy said that one of them was dead and tried to kill Aaron. I don't he Okay. Okay. He tried to absorb Aaron. What else would happen? He would die. Okay, but Warren didn't try to absorb Aaron, the devoured. But Warren led them to the devoured. I think he has bad intentions. I think he is a completely nice lizard who has no um bad intentions didn't mean any aggression towards cal or his friends and i think he just got in with the wrong crowd he I called mean, master marcus my master my master will be very pleased well maybe his master is master rufus and master rufus was seeing how they could handle a devoured if that was what, if that was actually what you thought, I would say I think he's having a midlife crisis, which we will touch back up on later. No, no, I think Warren is good because he slept in Cal's room. He's done no harm. He's meant no harm. I think this was just one mistake. Okay, I get where you're coming from. I just can't agree. Also, he ate Cal's shoelaces and then turned purple. Well, that's not aggressive. <laughs> I'm just saying that was funny. All right. Anyway. Second question. Yeah. Me and Hudson have come up with this theory. This is supposed this isn't really a question. We just wanted to talk about it. Um, so you know how in I think the second episode we talked about how they ate the sand so that they could become more attached to the element and um get more power. Yeah. So our theory is humans need two things to survive food water and you know human interaction sunlight home a lot of things but the two main (laughs) things is food and water so if these kids are drinking water every day that means that they are there's a our theory is that they're getting drawn to the water element and then then that they are all very strong in the water element because they drink this water every day and we feel like it's you know, bringing them close to the element. Yeah. I think the only possible debunking for this theory is that you would have to eat something or drink something of the element that is, like, where you need to be. Like, Cal and Aaron and Tamara, they ate the sand from the sand pile. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's what gave them more power when they were sorting that sand. Like, so maybe they would have had to drink the water from the cave pools if, like, say, the butterfly pool, if they wanted to bring back water from the butterfly pool easier, then they probably, maybe they would have had to drink water from the butterfly pool instead of having just drank regular water. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get. But the only like my reasoning would be when they were practicing one of the lessons we said they took was that they learned how to make waves in the underground rivers and i'm like 
that the book describes that saying that it was all very simple easy for them to do and they all caught on to it so maybe that's because they've been drinking the water or maybe they're just like naturally good at water like water magic like maybe that was how they were born or maybe master rufus has trained them well or I maybe know. it just came naturally to them like we said it's just a theory yeah and we don't really have an answer <laughs> to it yet exactly it was just something that we all just kind of sat and thought about it for a second yeah and yeah it's really interesting if you actually like think, think about, about it, it deeply it makes sense it, w- it would make sense for them to be it, it would make sense for it to work it's just a theory, so we don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, it would make sense for it to work, but it would also make sense for it to not work, so we don't really know yet. Okay, last question. Yeah. This one we do every single time we ask questions. Every single time. But it's just always interesting to find the answer. So what are your <laughs> predictions for the chapters to come? Well, I think that they're going to try and fight the Chaos Ridden that are coming. Oh, yeah, the chapter 15 ended with the Chaos yeah. Ridden. And I think they're going, they might, like, Maybe one of the children is going to kill a bunch of Chaos Ridden and turn out to be more powerful than they thought. Mm. Do you think they're going to find, like, a very powerful mage? Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe someone's going to come and save them. Maybe someone's going to turn out to be, like, <gasps> Maybe Warren will come and he'll defeat the Chaos Ridden. <laughs> <laughs> then Warren will be a, a good guy. <laughs> I care about this lizard, people. Okay, he's, okay, yeah. He's really sweet. Okay, well, that's my prediction. Um, Like, my prediction, I definitely agree with you. I feel like Chaos Ridden, there's going to be... I don't think there'll be a big battle, but I feel like they will like be trying to run back to the Magisterium and will run into some of the Chaos Ridden and will have to fight off them. And I feel like maybe some people who in the Magisterium who aren't really friends, like Jasper and Cal, might come together and fight and team up. I don't, I'm not really sure. Yeah, okay. Well... Let's get right into the next segment. What was your favorite part of this these five chapters? And why? Oh. <laughs> um got to say why. Okay, um you might think that I am super obsessed with this lizard, but I definitely think it was when Cal met Warren. Mhm, you're obsessed with the lizard. Don't judge me. He's really sweet. Only because... Oh, yeah, he's so sweet. He, so sweet that he decided to lead the children to a devoured that almost tried to kill Aaron. I just... It was such a funny kind of part of the book because Warren does this really weird thing where he talks in the third person and it kind of creeped Cal out. But also, was, he's a lizard that can talk, so that's weird. <laughs> just in the first place. It was just... It was a hilarious part of the book and it I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, yeah. How about you? I think my favorite part was when they were exploring the caves and they were just like looking for the butterfly pool and they found themselves in the Hall of Graduates because Cal had a very special moment where he just put his handprint inside his mother's and it fit perfectly. Can you explain what the Hall of Graduates is? Yeah, the Hall of Graduates is, well, everyone that graduates the Magisterium they put their handprint in a piece of stone and then they put it on the wall. Yes. He found his mother, his father's pretty quickly and then he found his mother's and he put his he put his hand in his mother's handprint and it fit perfectly and he just had a really special moment. It was very there. heartfelt and just kind of nice that he was almost connecting with his mother. It was yeah. very sweet. 
I do agree with you. That was a pretty good, mm. pretty, pretty good part of the chapters. Yeah. Okay. So we are moving on to this segment that I made up. It is called, Who Do You Think? <laughs> <laughs> and um, today's topic is, Who Do You Think? Prediction edition. So, isn't it always prediction if who do you think is going to be? No, it's the prophecy. Prophecy edition. Um, so <laughs> the, the chaos, not the chaos, written, the devoured gave them this prophecy that is one of you will fail, one of you will die, and one of you is already dead. So, Hudson, I am going to ask you who do you think? is going to fail who do you think is going to die and who do you think is already dead i don't want to go here <laughs> but cal you think cal's gonna fail yeah i, I don't even want to go there why do you think he's gonna fail because well i mean when he literally when he told jasper about the prophecy jasper said well i think we know who's gonna fail when <laughs> <laughs> he pointed at cal see i'm just saying he all the other two, they've spent their entire life training magic. They've spent their entire life training in magic. But Cal's dad refused to let him learn anything about it. So he's just like, he's way behind everyone else. But I mean, he's catching up, but he's still behind. Because everyone else has spent their entire life in magic. Well, I see that situation kind of differently. So I don't think Cal is going to be the one that will fail. Only because... He hasn't been trained. He has all of this raw power kind of building up inside of him. And you can already tell that he's going to be a super powerful mage because of his family descendants, his mother and his father both being very powerful themselves. And you can already tell, like, Cal, he's going to be one of the most powerful mages in the whole magisterium. And I don't think he's going to fail. Okay, I get where you're coming from. You see, like, and I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. where, so who I think, I think, that's, this hurts to say, but I think Tamara is going to fail mm-hmm. only because she has practiced magic her whole life and has so much pressure on her to be good and to be the best and to prove that she's better than her sister. And I think she has all this pressure and eventually this pressure will build up and she'll let it all out and it will not it just she has all this stress building up inside of her and when she unleashes it it's not gonna be good for her at all Mm, yeah i guess that makes sense who do you think is gonna die (laughs) Mm, this is gonna kill us both inside because i love all three characters yes i would hate to see any of them die if any of them die i will cry (laughs) like i will legit be crying um, I think Aaron. Mm. Only because I feel like if he dies, if they were gonna kill him off, he would be going off kind of like in like a cloud of not a cloud, like be going off in glory, like not in vain. Um, because he's never really he is a really good mage, but he's always been kind of awkward and hasn't really caught on a lot like out of all three of them he's the one who's kind of been slow (laughs) so i feel like he will have this one big moment where he'll prove himself as an awesome mage 
but then he'll die sacrificing himself for somebody. And I feel like, yeah, he'll die. But I feel like it, he will, it, it will be great. It will be an awesome death. <laughs> and everyone will remember him. That sounds it's, so, so. That was very hard to say because I'm not really good with words. I think tomorrow. You, I think tomorrow, only because almost just like what you said, she had so much stress building on her, and if she fails, it's gonna be devastating for her, and she's just gonna maybe like let her guard down, oh, and then get killed. But it's really I feel sad like I feel like dying. if these authors are gonna kill off someone, they're gonna make it awesome. like they're gonna make it worth something. Yeah, they're gonna make like, it unforgettable. It's, yeah, because it's these gonna characters... be super sad, but. I just hope if one of them dies that it's going to be saving one of the other yeah. people. They definitely will all have like they will never they if they die they won't be forgotten because they're all amazing mages. Yeah. Okay, and last one, who do you think's already dead? So I guess you said Tamara is going to die, Cal's going to fail, so you think Aaron is already dead. I also have something to back this up. Like, we don't know anything about where Aaron came from. Mm-hmm. So what if he was, like, a spy? What if he was, like, a spy? <laughs> you think he's a spy? I don't know. We don't know anything about his backstory other than he's nice. That's all we know about him. So you think he's, he's a nice, spy? He's blonde, and he got picked in the same apprentice group as Cal and Tamar. I'm not saying he's a spy. You just said he's a spy. I said maybe. <laughs> I think... There's just something weird about him. Because we don't... Like, so you think he's, like, too good to be true? Kinda. That's odd. <laughs> okay, but here, this is what I say. I say, I think since Master Marcus gave them the prophecy, that's, like, their fate. Master Marcus gave them the prophecy? Yeah, Master Marcus is the devoured guy. Oh, yeah, he got the devoured... Okay, sorry. He was Master Rufus's master, and he got devoured, and he was who was attacking mm-hmm. them. What if... Because he told them their fate, they can change it because they know what it is and they can work to stop it from happening. But I feel like if it's fate, no matter how hard they try, they won't be able to stop it. But Master Marcus, (laughs) being able to see into the future, that's already messing with fate. If he can mess with fate, then I bet Aaron and Tamara and Cal could too. Okay. (laughs) Well, I obviously for me, that leaves Cal as the one who's already dead. Um, I think he's already dead because I feel like emotionally his whole life, like, I don't think he's dead physically. I think he's dead emotionally. If he was dead physically, he'd probably be laying <laughs> in a graveyard somewhere. I Okay, hear me out on this. So, two words. Okay, void magic. Now, me and Hudson, I've had so many arguments about this, but I think- Not arguments, ha- just like- Debates. Disagreements. I think Cal is going to be strong in void magic, although on the cover of the book, you do see him with fire magic. But I feel like he is... Wait, wait, you do? Yeah, on the book cover. Look at the cover. Oh, yes. He's got fire magic going on. (laughs) Right. Yes, I see that now. But I feel like when he was younger, he... he When you're young, you can use all types of magic. So he could use a fire magic, but be able to use other types of magic. What I'm saying is that I think... When he was younger, he came across with some bullies, and he closes his eyes 
for one second, and when he opens them, the bullies are running away, terrified. And it's because he split a hole in the ground, and there's kind of like a dark abyss. So I feel like that was him using void magic. And I think that's, I think that's just earth magic. I don't think it's earth magic. I think, I think it's, it's void. earth magic, though. I think it's earth magic because he just used it to create an earthquake but I feel that like created a crack in the ground. Also, he's had this void magic inside of him, and then he's never had the support of his father. He's like he has, but like not for the school. He's been bullied his whole life because of his leg. Like he's been before he's never been able to participate in sports. And I feel like all of that is just kind of attacking him emotionally and slowly killing him on the inside. Yeah. Okay, I understand. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. I I just that's who I that's the re- that's my reasoning. I understand. Okay. Anyway, for our last segment of the day, it's Master Rufus having a midlife crisis. We have more information now. So after episode two, I actually did a lot of research on Me signs. Too. So did I. Signs of midlife crisis and like my life crises and midlife crises. Yes, and what what like what are the signs if you're having one? And I found some signs. So we're gonna go through the symptoms slash signs of a midlife crisis. Um, and we'll see if Master Rufus has any of them. So we can kind of clarify if he is having one. So the first one, the first sign is feeling unfulfilled in life. So we don't know a ton about him, but I think he's pretty, I don't think he has that symptom or sign because I think he's pretty fulfilled, but the other ones make more sense. What's the second one? Intense feelings of nostalgia. And chronic reminiscence about the past. I think this is a sign that he has. I think he's definitely like rambled on about the good old days and <laughs> how like the Magisterium was so much better before then. And and I feel like he has the moments where he's feeling nostalgic. Like he even mentioned about how great it was to teach Cal's father. And he also like when they came up with the Devoured and it was his master, he had talked to him like like that all brings back kind of nostalgia that he didn't really want to remember. Yeah, like he was my master, in fact. That's what he said. Yeah, he yeah, said, yeah. I was like by the time he was devoured, he was my master. Yeah. And that felt like I feel like that would be nostalgic for him. Yes. But anyway, feelings no wait, this was yours. Right. <laughs> feelings of boredom, emptiness, and meaninglessness. Again, we don't know much about him. We don't know if he's feeling bored or empty or meaningless. I feel like he's not. But some of the other ones do make sense. For example... This next one. Impulsive, often rash actions. Okay. Um, I think this makes a lot of sense. Because, I mean, he kind of just, like, ran into the room where they were sorting sand. Started playing some waltzes. Throwing worms and sandwiches, sandwiches at, at their them. head. <laughs> yeah, like that, that sounds a like a midlife crisis to very me. Very rash action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that was also like one of the only times you've seen him happy and smiling. Be like, oh. Oh, yay. I love torturing kids by smacking them in the head with worms. <laughs> All right, next <gasps> one. Dramatic changes in behavior and appearance. Um, not so much appearance, but behavior. Again, with the worm thing, you know, one day he was composed, like, sort the sand, I'll be back in six hours. And then next day he's in there checking worms at them. (laughs) Yeah. You know. Anyway, next one. 
Um, Marital infidelity or constant thoughts about infidelity. He's not in a relationship. We looked this up because we didn't know what this means. And he's not in a relationship, so this one wouldn't apply to him. Exactly. Um, The next one is constantly comparing oneself to others who seem happier and more fulfilled. I don't think he's ever compared himself to any of the other masters or anything like that. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, the last one is intense feelings of regret. He has legit. I mean, he kind of has. When he was getting Cal in trouble, it sounded like he regretted choosing him. He literally told Cal that the only reason he chose him was so So that the other masters didn't didn't have have to teach teach him. him. Yeah, he legit said he He said he said that having to teach Cal was a punishment to him, and that sounds like regret to me. Yeah. So then again, that's all of them. We don't really know if he's having a midlife crisis. This could just be his character, the way he acts. Maybe he's just crazy. <laughs> he's yeah. crazy. But that's what yeah. we found. I think that he ha- is having a midlife crisis. What about you? I, a part of me wants to say he isn't, but I also believe he might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's fun to just think about it. and do, I, I like doing the research and trying to figure everything out. So, yeah, well, no. I think that pretty much wraps up this segment. Exactly. So I think we are done and ready to move on. I'm having so much fun fangirling over this series, but unfortunately we must end the episode here. Bound to happen eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, before we end, we would love to thank the Diving Deep cast for all the help with the script and also always making recording fun for us. Thanks for tuning in on episode three and we hope you join us next time we decide to go diving deep into literacy.